We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make low-maintenance bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we had nobody coming into the showroom. So we started doing virtual visits via Microsoft Teams. We're able to see two or threefold the amount of customers we used to be able to see. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. I really think it's going to set a standard for retail moving forward. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Monday Rotowire Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel, who'd like to remind you to be sports rich. We're going to mix it up a little bit this week, incorporate some NBA DFS action into our NFL quarterback analysis, as well as the Monday-Thursday slate. So we're going to start things off. I'm joined today by Nick Whalen. I'm Jake Letarski. You can find uh, Nick on Twitter at W-H-A-1-E-N. You can find me at Jakeski52. Nick, let's kick things off. Uh, Halloween weekend in Madison. Uh, what were the highlights? Uh, not as many highlights as there have been in the past, you know, as I'm sure you can probably uh, attest as well, you and I both being UW grads. Years out of college, uh, yeah. yeah, the fun, the fun kind of ended with graduation in some mm. ways, but still, I mean, there are not many better places to be uh, on Halloween weekend than Madison, Wisconsin, so yeah, took absolutely. it a little bit easy, uh, you know, mm-hmm. stayed in, took in some NBA games Friday. Uh, and then, then really let it rip on Saturday, you know, for yeah, the yeah. for the Big Badger Nebraska game. So it was a great weekend overall. I, I didn't yeah. dress up though. The mm-hmm. nice thing about having a home night game on Halloween is it's just totally okay to wear badger, wear badger apparel. Stuff. So exactly. I got off the hook there. I'm not I'm not a big Halloween dresser upper, mm-hmm. at least not anymore. Yeah, but yeah, we kind of played it a little bit opposite because I went hard on Friday night. I went out and then I kind of took it easy yep. Saturday night. Watched all the sports through we there. I did dress up. I, I did a, a Dexter Morgan costume if you remember that show on Showtime. You know, with uh, with the Henley shirt and like the show a, Dexter. Yeah. Yeah, the show oh, Dexter, yeah, yeah. like uh, with with the with the leather gloves mm-hmm. and like like I look like nice. I'm gonna murder somebody. Uh, I thought I pulled Perfect. that off pretty well, uh, or at least more than normal. <laughs> make a good, I, I make a good murder. 
murderer. Yeah. yeah, make a good murderer. All right, well, anyway, Halloween aside, happy Halloween, folks. Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, Nick and I are going to get started with a little bit of NBA DFS talk. I'm going to come out and say that I'm a very low-volume, casual NBA DFS player. A lot of my lineups tend to uh, tend to go by what I kind of hear the chatter around the office at about 5 o'clock Central Time. So we're going to split things up. Chris will join us later, like I said, to do uh, some NFL quarterback discussion, Monday, Thursday slate, all that football stuff. But uh, to start with NBA DFS, I've, we've got Nick Whalen here. He's our or one of our NBA editors and uh, excellent hoops mind for us here. Uh, to get things off, uh, I'm looking at the slate for tonight. It's just a four-game DFS slate, Nick. Uh, how do you generally approach this, and do you actually like smaller slates, or do you prefer the bigger ones? I think I prefer smaller ones. Um, I mean, you can kind of make an argument either way. It's especially if you're going into a night where you haven't had like a ton of time to prep. The smaller slate is kind of nice. I yep, mean, yep. It, it just it eliminates all the, you know, kind of going back and forth in the back of your mind, and mm-hmm. you just you just don't have that many options. So in some ways, that's bad. You know, if you don't like the options on the slate, then yeah. then it's not great. But uh, you know, I think I would prefer this than you know some of those eleven or twelve night slates where it's just, it's kind of overwhelming and mm-hmm. uh, you know the the ownership the values are so low yeah. for a lot of guys. But in this slate, um, you know, I, the, the highest price player on the board tonight, Demarcus Cousins. That that's yeah. for good reason. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Forty six. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I was going to say sometimes uh, on the lower slates, it's tougher to find out the value plays because you yeah. have a full slate and there might be some injuries and guys stepping in mm-hmm. that are easy to identify. If it's not a big injury situation, which I don't believe it is tonight. No, um, I mean this early in the season. That's yeah. kind of that's one of the nice benefits mm-hmm. is you, you don't really deal with as many of those kind of day to day ticky tack type of injuries. Um, you know, mm-hmm. DeAndre Jordan's a little bit banged up. Yeah, Darren Collison still suspended, but other than that, I mean you can. Even if you just go on FanDuel and you know scroll mm-hmm. down the list sorted by salary, there's only a couple guys in the top you know, 15, 20, 30 players even that have a yeah. designation. So that's one of the nice little perks of playing early season DFS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the tough thing with DeAndre Jordan, of course, a West Coast game, right. uh, Suns and Clippers, uh, the late one, 1030 our time, so uh, quite a bit. But uh, one play that I'm seeing all over the place, uh, whether in our articles or just showing up in value, is uh, DeMar DeRozan. And uh, he seems like he has a pretty good matchup tonight and, and good opportunity going against uh, the Nuggets, I believe, here. Is he someone that you're looking to lock in this evening, or is he kind of a fringe guy? Uh, I mean, he's not a fringe guy just because, you know, he's played so well thus far. Um, you know, at, at 7,900, that's not a bad value for a guy who's, you know, thrown mm-hmm. up 42 and 44 FanDuel points in his first two games. Uh, the thing about DeRozan, though, and this is nothing new this year, is that it's kind of points or bust with him, and he okay. did have seven rebounds against Cleveland uh, on Friday night, which, which was nice, but... Uh, you know, the bulk of his value comes as a score. 40 points on opening night against Detroit, had just mm-hmm. one assist, didn't get that assist until late in the fourth quarter. Um, mm-hmm. You know, pretty much, basically a Kobe game yeah, is, what, is what that's called, yeah. the 40 and zero. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's go. the thing with DeMar. It's like, if he, if he doesn't score 40 points, he might only get you one mm-hmm. or two assists. He might only get you three or four rebounds. So, you know, if he has an off night shooting, that means he's probably not going to help you a ton yeah. from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, I think some of the rationale is that Gary Harris, the Nuggets, he's been ruled out with a groin injury, so they yeah. might have a tougher time the normal defending DeRozan yeah, but I, mean, I don't know maybe. if that makes enough of a I don't know if Harris even I don't know if Harris even guards him necessarily I think Will Barton when he's in the game uh, and he's certainly played more with Harris hasn't played uh, yet at all this season Barton's kind of the ideal guy if you could craft someone to, to guard DeRozan you know long long wingspan mm-hmm. quick uh, and, and still athletic enough to keep up with DeRozan who's one of the more athletic guards in the league so right. I think you see a lot of Barton there I think you see a lot of Wilson Chandler uh, a little bit more of a physical bigger defender so Denver has guys you know right. Harris would I maybe you, be the guy if he was playing but that doesn't concern me too much I mean Denver's so deep mm-hmm. fair enough now a player you alluded to earlier Demarcus Cousins checks in as the top priced option on the slate he's 9900 uh, he's in the rotowire opt 
acceptable lineup. We have him as the highest projected score on the day at 46.7 points. I mean, it's a smaller slate, so your top, top-tier options are, 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 are quite limited. Mm-hmm. Boogie, do you start him or do you fade him tonight? Yeah, it, it's it's a tough decision because you, I mean, it can go either way. You know, like I, I think the the floor for Cousins is so high at this mm-hmm. point. The Kings actually look okay so far. I mean, they're two right. and one. That's far and away better than I expected at this point. And the thing about Cousins, he's getting to the line like crazy. I mean, his mm-hmm. his field goal percentage I think is at like forty four, forty five percent right now, and it's still such a small sample that you don't want to put too much into that. But forty six free throw attempts through three games, and he only has forty eight field goal attempts. So you know, at some point that ratio is probably going to you know regress to the mean a little bit, but. As of right now, he's gotten to the free throw line at least 14 times in all three games. And, and he's making them at an 80% right. clip, I noticed. And That's way more than his exactly. career average, so maybe it levels out. But it's a plus so far. A bit. Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's a better free throw shooter than he's probably shown. I mean, he's a nice touch in the mid-range. He can shoot out to the three-point line. Like, the, the free throw shooting is not all that surprising, but the volume is, is going to be there. And I think... It's not sustainable to get the line 15 times a game over the course of a season, but he's a guy that's virtually matchup proof at this point. You know, like, yeah, the Hawks have a guy in Dwight Howard and Paul Millsap, kind of two diff- very different options that they can throw at Cousins defensively, but that's never really been an issue for him. Like, he's, if he can't get by someone, he'll just kind of try to bully his way, and more often than not, he draws a foul. Of course, yeah. Cousins, uh, the top price guy at 9,900, followed by a couple of Clippers in Chris Paul and Blake Griffin at 93 and 9,000, respectively. If you are going to use some of those guys, even on a smaller sp- slate, you got to pick out a couple of value plays. This is the same with any kind of DFS. Are there any types of guys that you uh, have in mind on this uh, four-game slate? TJ Warren's the obvious one. Uh, he's still at 5,500, uh, mm-hmm. you know, up a bit from last week, but still very low considering what he's been able to give the Suns. Uh, 30 points against OKC uh, on Friday night, 26 points against Golden State um, on Sunday night. So I, I think his performances those last two games were overshadowed. One, yeah. because he's playing Golden State. They get all the headlines on that game. And two, because Russell Westbrook took 44 shots on Friday. Of course. I don't think many people have really caught on, at least you know, casual fan-wise, uh, you know, to how good T.J. Warren has been. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, his first three games, 38 FanDuel points, 44 and 25. I mean, if he gets anywhere near that 36.2 average that he's been able to put mm-hmm. put up, I think, uh, yeah, that's got to be excellent value at 5,500, uh, generally cheap here. Anybody else you're looking out for in particular? Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, just a, one quick note on Warren is, you know, P.J. Tucker maybe becomes a bigger factor for the Suns team at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, he was dealing with that back injury, he's been moved to the second unit. Uh, but he is a guy that started a lot of games for that team over the last few years. So something to look out for. But at the same time, I mean, the Suns are in a position where they shouldn't mm-hmm. be giving minutes to a veteran like Tucker over Warren. Uh, but in terms of other value plays, I like Joseph Nurkic. Uh, going up against Toronto, 39 right. and 24 FanDuel points, respectively, in his first two games. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas has looked really good for, for Toronto thus far and you know, in, in an expanded role. But beyond him, they're really, really shallow in I the front you. court. Jared Sullinger, uh, of course, out for a couple months with that foot. They mm-hmm. lose by Ambo this offseason. So uh, you know, the, a guy off the bench in Patrick Patterson you, you like quite a bit, but he's only you know, probably 6'7", six, 6'8", six, generously. Uh, not a guy you can really expect to bang with Yusuf Nurkic, right. who you know, kind of starts up front in, in what's essentially a two-center rotation with he and Jokic. Uh, Jokic obviously can step out a little more. Mm-hmm. So I think Denver's going to try to use that size against what's a little bit of an undersized uh, Toronto team that, that's had to rely on some youth. You know, guys like Jakob Pertl, Pascal Siakam to, mm-hmm. uh, to kind of so These are guys I'm familiar with right. from, yeah, the, yeah, from yeah. the college game. Yeah, I've been Pirtle. running that for a couple 
couple of years. So I see these names. I want to mm-hmm. throw them in my lineup. Sometimes an okay strategy, sometimes not so much. Right. Lastly, Chicago, Brooklyn, highest over under on the slate at 211, mm-hmm. uh, which maybe is a little bit surprising. So yeah. maybe you want to get a piece of that game if you want. I don't uh, know how Suns Clippers doesn't have the highest over under. That's Yeah, that's that's it's just 207, four points less. So uh, something interesting. Well, Weird. either way, thanks again for joining me, Nick. Uh, we'll try to have uh, some NBA presence on this podcast moving forward so we can cover all of our bases here. Uh, real quick, if you want to use our Rotowire NBA DFS tools, always an excellent option. You can go to rotowire.com slash pod, rotowire.com slash pod for a free 10 day trial. You can build, use our lineup optimizers for all sites and uh, also our value reports, projections, ask an expert feature, excellent articles. Well, but thanks again for joining me, Nick, and uh, good luck in those DFS lineups tonight. Anytime, man. Looking forward to Zine hopping on after me. Yep. Chris Benzine coming up next. Welcome back to the show, Chris Benzine, who you can follow on Twitter at Crispy272002. Chris and I are going to get things going by talking about the Monday-Thursday NFL slate on FanDuel, and then later on we'll be picking our cash games and GPP quarterbacks for the week. The show normally uh, quarterback-centered, but again, we're making a couple changes for NBA this week. First off, though, Chris, Nick and I chatted a little bit about Halloween. Chris here tells me, not a big costume guy, not a big horror movie guy, but we can settle on this. What's your favorite Halloween candy? It's got to be the combo chocolate peanut butter of Reese's. Oh, yeah. I do enjoy, uh, I don't know if I want like the full-on chocolate all the time, but the, this gives you a good mixture of the chocolate and peanut butter. Mm-hmm. So those two, I do like horror movies. I just don't uh, necessarily have a favorite that sticks yeah. out, I guess. The, but the I, Chucky I movie scarred your yes, childhood, yeah, I guess? Yeah, that was, that was the standout that I had is when I was young, watched those Chucky movies, and ever since then, just... Kind if of I ever watch one, of, the if I ever movies? watch one of those Chucky movies, I just always get a little freaked out that he's like under the bed or something. <laughs> oh boy! Other than that, you can't have but that. that's a different different story for a different day. So yeah, we're going exactly. to the Monday Thursday slate as well. Some Halloween football action. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm kind of a Reese's Pieces guy, but I do hear where you're coming from. Going the original peanut butter cups here. Some ET Reese's Pieces going on. I, I guess so. Here, all right, Monday Thursday slate, Chris. We've got Minnesota minus four and a half at Chicago. Over under on that game forty point five. Then the Thursday game. Uh, Atlanta, who are three-point favorites uh, at Tampa Bay, their road favorites, both road favorites in this Thursday slate. The over-under on that game is 51.5. So logic would dictate that you'll use maybe some more Atlanta-Tampa Bay offensive players than you will Minnesota-Chicago, but we'll get there in just a moment. Let's start out with the quarterbacks, Chris. Uh, Matt Ryan, the top-priced guy, by quite a bit at 8,500. We saw what Derek Carr did to the uh, did to the Buccaneers here. Can Matt Ryan repeat that performance? I mean, you got to expect something somewhat similar, and I can see a case for either of the two quarterbacks in that Monday night game. Absolutely. Or, sorry, the Thursday the game. The Thursday game, because yes, Winston the, saves you 1,100. Yeah, Winston saves you 1,100, and you saw what Aaron Rodgers did against him against the, the Falcons last week, so I definitely can see mm-hmm. the case to go with either quarterback in that game. But it's pro- it, as with the majority of Monday-Thursday slates, you can probably fit uh, almost all of the players in the lineup, so it's almost like a pick 'em. Whereas if you're in a tournament, maybe you want to go different. It, it's just more of a preference, I guess. Because mm-hmm. I believe, looking at the top of the boards, you probably will be able to fit in all of the top players in the, on the slate or nearly. Yeah, the, quite possible. It's not like Minnesota or Chicago down. have our offensive powerhouses yeah, so that a have a ton of action going on there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, any love for the uh, lower tier quarterbacks? Are you even thinking about Sam Bradford at seven thousand tonight or? 
the return of Jay Cutler, who has been out with a thumb injury, but he's been cleared to play. Looks like he's going to suit up and be ready to go tonight here. Even in GPPs, though, I, I personally don't see a lot of appeal. Do you see any? No, not really, especially especially not with Jay Cutler. I mean, I don't really see much with Sam Bradford either. That offense doesn't really run up the score very frequently and mm-hmm. expect a lot more offense in that Thursday game. And w- you look at uh, Jay Cutler coming back from an injury, been away from the team for a while, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, but just coming back from an injury, first week back against the, that Minnesota defense. Yeah, the defense has shut everybody down. Yeah, so I don't – I definitely don't – especially in a slate maybe if it was a a huge slate and you really wanted to stand out I just don't see any reason to take Jay Cutler though yeah absolutely here let's move on to running backs though Chris which I'll I'll just come right out and say it these running backs are shallow it's a banged up group where there's just not a whole lot to like I think you're one lock because at least he's a tier one type guy that you know he's going to play that's Devontae Freeman who checks in at 6900 but after that we have Doug Martin with a hamstring injury at 6600 he's still a huge question mark and if you're locking your lineup on Monday you can't take a risk on Martin he's just probably not going to play we don't know for sure but you'll have to watch his practice participation another banged up back Jacquez Rogers he's got a foot sprain an MRI revealed no fractures thankfully he's 6600 followed up by Jordan Howard at 6100 he's actually going to play uh, then there's Jarek McKinnon at 6,100 who will not play. Do not use Jarek McKinnon tonight. Tevin Coleman also dealing with the hamstring injury, so pretty risky. you got to have the stomach for it, but 6,000. Matt Asiata, 5,600. Jeremy Langford is questionable with an ankle injury, 4,800. And I want to throw out Kadeem Carey at 4,500. First and foremost, do you lock in Devontae Freeman? And if the answer to that is yes, who's your next back you choose? I mean, I feel like you have to lock in Devontae Freeman. There really there aren't enough running backs on the board to choose mm-hmm. another one unless I mean, I, I just don't. There's not there's not enough there really to go with because you don't know the workload between Jordan Howard and Kadeem Carey in that game. Howard had been leading the backfield, but Carey got in more action last week, so mm-hmm. you don't know if maybe Carey's taking over the workload a little bit more. At least you know Devontae Freeman is going to get yep. a set amount of workload. And even if Coleman's available for the game, which you won't know, so that's a risky play, you won't know when you're locking lineups, you'll at least know Devontae Freeman's going to play, and if Coleman's out, he'll get a heavy workload. Mm -hmm. Um, Freeman by far has the highest floor out of any of these backs. You know he's going to get his touches. And his price isn't extremely high at 6,900. It's not... It's not out of question, out of the realm. You, you look at some of the ones below it, even Doug Martin at 6,600, Jaquiz at 6,600. Some of the guys like right below him aren't, any, aren't that much cheaper in terms of price. So you're not really saving that much, and you can probably fit him into your lineup reasonably well. Um, the other guys on the board, I, <clears throat> I'm worried about the Tampa Bay backfield. I mean, Peyton Barber would be the one going for mm-hmm. Tampa if Jaquiz is out, but and he's minimum price, and correct? He, he's minimum price, but last week you look at it and <clears throat> Anton Smith was actually the one that got more of the carries when he was out. So when with no Jaquiz Rogers, it could be Anton Smith going for them, and if that's the case, you really don't want to take him either. And he's not even an option on the slate, so yeah, Peyton, that might be scary to Peyton Barber forty five hundred. So probably someone uh, you you may want to consider avoiding there uh, yes. the one the other back that I'm probably going to pair up with Devonte Freeman is going to be Matt Matt Asiata at 5600 we know that uh, the Vikings are going to try to run the football that's what they're all about and they it looks like they will be without uh, Jarek McKinnon here on Monday night 
Actually, they will indeed be without Jarek McKinnon on Monday night. He's already been ruled out with an ankle injury. So that, I mean, it looks like it's the Matt Asiata show. He already gets the goal line backs. Maybe Ronnie Hilbin might get a little bit involved. Maybe they'll sign someone from the practice squad this afternoon. But Asiata at 5,600 is my surefire play that I'm going alongside with Devontae Freeman. I think out of all these guys, he has the next highest floor because we just don't know enough about Jeremy Langford. I mean, you'll know before tonight, Kadeem Carey at 4,500. I, I, I like Carey more than Peyton Barber. You might have to take some risks at the running back spot here. But yeah. Asiata and Freeman for sure for me. Yeah, I would say those are definitely the clear top two choices because you don't really know the situation in Chicago, as you mentioned. You don't know the situation in Tampa. So at least you know with those two who's getting the carries for the most part. All right, well, moving on to wide receiver, Chris, there's one real question here. Do you risk it with Julio Jones, who is once again the top player at 9,200, or do you fade him? He let a lot of fantasy owners down in his matchup against Green Bay and really banged up Green Bay secondary. He kind of he looks like he hurt his ankle a little bit in that game, and was that, he was pretty much used as a decoy on Matt Ryan's game-winning drive. All that action went to Mohamed Sanu. No real word of an injury popped up yet. I'm guessing he'll be limited in practice this week. Of course, he has an in, a history of foot injuries, but I mean, highly unlikely the two are real related this just seems to be a new kind of turn the ankle ailment I mean are you comfortable enough to play Julio in the Thursday night game or is this one where you might fall back to some cheaper options I'm would be willing to use Julio Jones in the game I I think he's been bothered a little bit by the ankle throughout the year it's been enough where he's I think he's taped it up multiple times I wouldn't I mean if you can fit him in I don't see a reason why not to use him it's definitely the better of the two options and he's yeah. the guy you want in, on the Falcon side of the ball if, for that game if you're going that way and I and, and you'll have plenty of uh room salary wise to fit him in if that's the way that you want to go yeah I mean you may have to make somewhere you're going to have to separate yourself from other people and mm-hmm. especially in the tournaments but if if he's a heavily owned guy and you it's it's a risk definitely mm-hmm. but um it's just a a guy that's good enough that he could go off for so many points you you don't want to miss out on that i feel like yeah. so i mean i i probably would go with julio jones despite the ankle issues and you probably might be able to fit both him and mike evans in and if you can do that i'd say go for it yeah absolutely i mean i'll just I'll just make a case for fading Julio Jones just because the Packers and Falcons played a late game on Sunday and they are on a short week here. So maybe he doesn't have as much recovery time as normal. That's the only reason I'd be a little bit hesitant here. But you can, given, I mean, if you're using a 6900 and a $5,600 running back and the tight ends are pretty cheap overall, I mean, everything's cheap across the board, you will be able to fit in Julio Jones. And I think Making the right decision on whether you're going to start or fade him is going to be the key to cashing or not cashing in the Monday-Thursday slate. But let's run down those other options, yeah. Chris. Mike Evans at 7,900, he's got to be your lock, right? Yeah, I would have to say, given playing against that Atlanta defense, those top two on the board probably separate themselves from the rest of the, the options on the slate. So you, mm-hmm. I think you really want to get those top two in there, especially, as you mentioned, Mike Evans, probably, I believe, the most targeted wide receiver in the NFL. I believe he still is, yeah. So, it, it, if I mean, not that, that even if that changes, you still want to keep him in your lineup. Uh, and I think that the third wide receiver spot may be where you'd be able to differentiate yourself because mm-hmm. there's a little – 
you know, a little mixture of who's going to be the third receiver to go with. Exactly. The third receiver price-wise is Elshon Jeffrey at 6800 For my season-long league, which is full PPR, I need 25 points from Jeffrey. I might be a little bit cautious on that, but um, that's there. Otherwise, you've got Stephon Diggs at 6700 Mohamed Sanu at 5600 If you're fading Julio Jones, I think you almost certainly have to put Sanu in your lineup. And then you turn to guys like Adam Thielen, 5400 Cameron Meredith, 5400 Cordero Patterson, Patterson, who's in concussion protocol, at 5400 Any of those guys jump out at you, or are you in the Elshon Jeffrey or Stephon Diggs or even Sanu wagon? I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to putting multiple receivers from the same uh, from the Falcons and Tampa Bay game in there, like oh, yeah. putting a Julio Jones and Sanu in the lineup. I mean, it's an eleven point difference in the over under. I think you want to go. Yeah. If, if there's you, a reason you want to, if you have more Vikings and Bears than Falcons and Buccaneers, when you look at your lineup, your finished lineup, then you did something wrong. Yes, I would agree. I mean, you de- like we mentioned, the over under is so diff- different for a reason. This mm-hmm. Monday night game is expected to be more defense heavy. The the Vikings offense isn't particularly good, and that's why the the Bears defense can maybe survive and keep it closer, but also lower scoring versus and the Bears offense against that Vikings defense you don't anticipate much either. So you really want to probably try to load up on as much of the Atlanta Tampa Bay game as you can, and maybe f- fit in a few Vikings guys or a few maybe a guy or two from that Vikings Bears game that may other people may not decide to go with. So. Mm-hmm. I could see the case for uh, a Stefan Diggs maybe breaking I out of this it. game at sixty at um, sixty seven hundred. Yes, so he's a little little cheaper than Elshon. Um, Jay Cutler does like Elshon Jeffrey and like throwing to his best receiver a Cutler lot. Coming back probably means fifteen targets for Elshon, but I could see it being one of those games where he's matched yeah. up against Xavier Rhodes yep. and he only catches like five or six of those fifteen targets. Yeah, I'm not expecting high about. efficiency, hoping that I mean he can get some garbage time production at least score me my fantasy points here. Well, tight ends real quick, Chris Zach Miller fifty five hundred, Jacob Tammy who's questionable with a shoulder injury fifty three hundred, and then the next two options I like the best: Cameron Braid fifty two hundred and Kyle Rudolph. 5100 do you have a favorite out of that group of four i think i'd have to go with maybe cameron braid in this one Mm -hmm. maybe cameron braid i mean it's it is a tough slate of tight ends in this one especially Mm -hmm. with tammy a little bit of a question mark for thursday's game you don't really know that could put austin hooper on the borderline if 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 you want to take a real shot in the dark if tammy's out Maybe Austin Hooper plays the tight end position. Yeah, I mean, if Hooper comes in and scores three times, then you just won your GPP. Yeah, so it's a guy that you that maybe people aren't really going to think of when they're doing it. So it's he's a minimum I mean, price. The guy. chances of that, I'd say, are about one in a hundred. Yeah. But it's out there. I mean, if yeah, if I mean, you did have risky? There he you go. did have uh, five targets and five receptions against the Packers on Sunday and for forty one yards. So he does have um, some protect. He was a he was a high tight end. He does some some production. He has a high tight end in the draft, mm-hmm. and he so he's a guy with some skill. He's just been behind Tammy all year, and I mean it's it's possible, especially as we mentioned, the fact that you probably want to load up on more of the Falcons, um, Falcons and Buccaneers game. This is a guy that could separate you from some other people that don't really think yep. about him at the tight end position. Absolutely. Last question on the Monday Thursday slate: Do you consider anybody other than the Minnesota Vikings defense at fifty two hundred? Charles Woodson has that famous quote, at least in Packers history, that says Jay's going to give us the ball, and I think the Vikings have the playmakers to do that. Anyone other than the Vikings you consider? I I just don't see anything from what yeah. I, I I wouldn't just, touch a defense in that yes. high over under game. 
I'm going to take the defense against Jay Cutler every single time. Yeah, I would agree. All right, fantasy football fans have all the victory every Sunday. FanDuel offers fantasy football for everyday fans. New contests starting every week to ensure no busted seasons. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score real time. New this year is an upgraded user experience. Get even more contest variety. Try beginner contests for new players only. Settle the score with a friend in a head-to-head contest. Try a 50-50 contest where the top half wins cash. Play in larger tournaments for even more excitement. Play for dollar there are choices for every budget chris i did not i was not fortunate enough did not have the foresight to use Derek carr in my fan duel lineups thankfully i had some aaron Rodgers and matt ryan lineups did you get any Derek carr action this past weekend i didn't have Derek carr unfortunately i more on the james side of that game yeah I, in, my, in my main lineup that i did unfortunately i went with russell wilson which was a terrible decision he's not yeah. using the wheels anymore so you, i think you start fading him as a quarterback it's one of those just, excellent on paper matchups such as yeah isn't it's always you know but i think yeah. dfs wise you have to wait and have him prove something to you before you yeah, go back it's, after him it's really a question i mean the last two weeks he's rushed four times so i think right until he can use his wheels again he's not going to be as effective quarterback so mm-hmm. that's uh that was my downfall it's also tough with wilson some injuries yeah that, injuries make it everything tough but it's tough with wilson trying to pick a receiver to stack him with because he spreads yep. the ball out so well so that's another downside here well, once again have all the fantasy that football has to offer FanDuel be sports rich we're going to have a little bit shorter of a discussion on our week nine fantasy quarterbacks but before we get into that real quick summary bye weeks carson palmer and the cardinals palmer sure does need a bye week after taking eight sacks in week eight uh chicago and jay cutler on a bye in week nine cincinnati and andy dalton on a bye in week nine as are the washington redskins with kirk cousins those two play in london tom brady and the pats are on a bye so the highest priced quarterback off the table and i know you were all dying to use brock osweiler and the texans but they will also be on a bye week nine here. Chris, we're going to kind of split this off into two segments. Segments We're going to talk cash game and GPP plays. So cash game-wise, if you're going to enter FanDuel's big double up, or if you're just a casual player that's entering a $1.50-50, who is probably your safest quarterback that you want to throw in your lineup? Yeah, I, I did like the pick that you went with, and I, that was going to be mine, but I decided to s- switch things up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, be just because... I wanted to be different and have more to talk about here. And my quarterback that I'm going with is actually on the top of the board this week at 9,100 Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I, I finally saw the Aaron Rodgers that I'm used to seeing in that Sunday game. I think possibly just the last couple of weeks not having a running back and having to throw a lot may have gotten him back into some sort of rhythm on the field. It seems like Rodgers he's loves to playing in Atlanta. We've just seen that as yes. Packer fans. He I mean, has excellent numbers in that Dome Stadium there. Yeah, and even the the week before that against the Bears, obviously, as we mentioned, the Bears' defense isn't spectacular. He he also played well against them as well. So it's two weeks in a row. He's he's thrown seven touchdown passes in the last two weeks. Hasn't turned the ball over in terms of interceptions. Um, and he actually rushed for 60 yards. I don't think you can expect that again this yeah. week. Is a career there, high. There isn't much of a running game in Green Bay, period, yes, there right is now. Not. With uh, I mean, your, your, your Niles, Nile Davis isn't doing a whole lot. Ty Montgomery was unavailable. And the other thing I Don like about Rodgers, yeah, Don Jackson, uh, you know, n- not going to get the ball moving here. Yeah. But the other thing I like about Rodgers is there's a chance that we see Montgomery, Cobb, or yep. both back in this Week 9 matchup here. He was without, I mean, a couple of his top offensive options, and he still had a, a stellar fantasy game yeah from what i saw i mean montgomery's was supposedly something with his sickle cell that it was something with a sickle cell and a combo of that and oh, his, geez, um, i read kidney i'm gonna have it to was a kidney that. it was a kidney related to a sickle cell i believe something I, as a story i had seen mm-hmm. about him so i don't think it's 
anything that's uh, – he said he wasn't too worried about it, so I believe he'll be back possibly this week. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know for sure about yeah. that, but – Read all the updates on rotowire.com. Yes. Rotowire.com slash POD will get you the latest there. But, uh, but yeah, if he's back, uh, I definitely like Rodgers this week against yep. that Indianapolis Colts defense. I mean, you can – on a weekly basis, they're the ones – they're getting into a lot of shootouts for a reason. Their defense isn't very good. I believe they, they allowed – 27 or even more to the Chiefs last week. Um, so you're, you're allowed, and the Chiefs offense is nothing spectacular at all. So you, when you look at that, they allowed 30 points to the Chiefs last week. So mm-hmm. this this Packers offense, and I expect both sides because the Packers defense is good enough against the run. I can I can see a lot of passes being thrown on both sides of the ball, mm-hmm. and that would in return be a lot of plays and a lot of points possibly so this is a game that uh, i expect a lot of points from and for that reason i'm willing to go with rogers at the top especially given how much he should throw the ball in that game i love rogers chris and you make a very compelling case for him but i'm actually going to go with the counterpart in this game keeping it here andrew luck because you save eleven hundred dollars andrew luck is just eight thousand in lambeau field so really the only thing that would stop make me back off from Andrew Luck is if all of a sudden we're getting sleet or rain or something up here in Wisconsin. I guess we'll have to wait and see on that. Now, Luck, he's coming off a tough game against the Chiefs, so you get a price break and hopefully an ownership break, and, and that'll be good news for Luck owners. I think he has a very high floor. I mean, his floor is probably about 250 and two touchdowns against this Packers secondary that's banged up, and it's not just the Packers secondary. It is the Packers pass rush, too. We'll see what the status of Clay Matthews is. Him being out, I think, really hurt the Packers a lot because they were going to drop seven back into coverage every time, and when but Matt Ryan got all the time to throw, and he was able to find his receivers here. So I think Andrew Luck will be able to lead the team in a similar way, uh, and and I think you can pair him up. Uh, T.Y. Hilton kind of had that on and off hamstring thing, exited, re-entered the game. So I'd be more uh, l- likely to pair Luck up with someone like Dante Moncrief or Jack Doyle. And then you have a relatively cheap stack, and you can go up after some of those high-priced options. But are you on board with the Luck pick against the Packers? Yeah, I mentioned I did like your pick a lot too. So, I mean, as you mentioned, a lot, at least three of their corners are probably going to be out for that game. I don't think Gunter Gunter left the game Sunday, but also returned later. So mm-hmm. I don't think his status will probably be an issue, but yeah, as I, that banged up Packers secondary in a game that should be high scoring, you're getting luck, as you mentioned, 1,100 cheaper. I, I don't see the downfall of that. Yeah, absolutely. Don't ever accuse Chris and I of too much Packer bias because we're both stacking up against the Pack in fantasy this week. All right, Chris, so we talked about our cash game strategy here. Now it's time to throw out a couple of GPP contests here. So if you're going to enter the NFL safety, for example, I like those single entry ones, those big tournament single entry ones. Also, if you're going to enter the NFL snap, where almost 60,000 entries for three bucks, you got to do some things to uh, make your lineup stand out a little bit. And a lot of times that starts at the quarterback position. Uh, First and foremost, who are you looking at as your top GPP option this week? Yeah, I think my one of my top GPP options will be in the Thursday through Monday. There, It's tough to go way down the board for me this week. There's not a bunch of guys down far enough that I, I like. So I was I settled on about 7,700, which is mid-pack of quarterbacks or even just a little below maybe mm-hmm. for uh, on Jameis Winston in that Thursday game for the Thursday through Monday slate. I like Jameis Winston uh, at the 7,700 price tag. I feel like he's that's a game, as we mentioned, is 11 points more than the Bears-Vikings, and there's a reason. It's because it's going to be probably a high-scoring game, and Winston at 7,700, looking at the, some of the quarterbacks around him, he seems like the best available option. I think I might go 
would be able to go with him and expect value, especially at that position. Um, although when looking at it, you, you only have $300 difference between him and Lux. So I'm probably, I might go exactly. down in terms of GPP. I might have to go down even further. And one of the guys, I guess I would look at and maybe throw out there. Don't do it, Chris. I, w- I did it once Don't and it did it, not work, but uh, I'm going to throw out Colin Kaepernick for a second time this, All right. this season. He uh, at 7,200 this week against New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So at home too. And and you and he seems to play a little better at home. Yeah, and he doesn't get so much heckling for some of the political stuff he likes yeah. to get involved in. And people may stray away a little bit because I, I don't know if people will take that into account. But Russell Wilson didn't throw or run for a touchdown against them last week. But mm-hmm. I think that's more a product of where Wilson's at right now than it is of New Orleans defense. I mean, the majority of the season they've been bad, yep. and I expect that to be the case. Obviously, you don't. San Francisco's offense isn't particularly good, so it's kind of a matchup of a couple of bad mm-hmm. sides of the ball there. But Kaepernick is a guy that provides you with stuff with um, ability to run the ball on the ground, and he can throw the ball. He's he's put up a decent number of points, eighteen in his first week under center, and then another fifteen last week against Tampa Bay. Obviously, those aren't ideal totals. Um, it is a little. You'd have to expect a little bit more from him, but. He fumbled the ball three times in the last two weeks, so that probably that played into his point totals. And he did rush; he actually rushed for sixty-six and eighty-eight yard, eighty-four yards in the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. So he's he's getting the rushing totals that helps bring up the floor. Yes, and the pass defense of um, of the of New Orleans this week is bad enough that I f- I feel like he'll still be able to probably get some through the air. He's only thrown one touchdown in each of the two games, so if he throws a second, even a second touchdown in this game. Or he didn't rush for one either. So if he even gets a second touchdown in this game, he had 18 and 15 in the last two weeks with just one touchdown. So you can be getting into that 20-point range, which is what you're kind of looking for at that low price. Yeah, personally, if I'm spending 7200 I think I'd lean more towards Trevor Simeon at Oakland uh, just because, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think he might have to throw the ball a little bit more and maybe get some I don't know if the matchups are equivalent. I just, I, I don't know about Kaepernick, but Simeon also only 12.9 fantasy points per game, whereas Kaepernick 16.6. So I think there, there might be a little bit higher floor with Kaepernick, if only because of his rushing. One other play I'm going to go completely off the rocker here and recommend on my side is Ryan Tannehill. He's 7,300, gets the Jets at home now. Okay, Ryan Tannehill is bad. I get that, but this matchup is good. The Jets may be number 10 in points allowed to, uh, fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks here. But they are number one in passing yards allowed per game at 289. And the Jets are tied for fourth in yards per attempt allowed. That's an even 8.0. Miami, I'm still buying into their weapons. If we can get anything out of Tannehill, I think, uh, I mean, I like Parker. I like Landry. I even like Kenny Stills to take the top off the defense in this game. And plus, you have to respect Jay Ajayi and their running game. So maybe because that's getting going, it could mean bigger things for Tannehill. Tannehill has been bad enough so that ownership will be down. Uh, but against this defense here, this Jets pasty, I think any quarterback is in play. I mean, even Josh McCown in Week 8 threw for 340 yards and two touchdowns. I don't think Tannehill is necessarily any any better or worse than McCown. So I, I think there's uh, there's potential to be had here using Tannehill at 7,300. Only in GPPs, though, because he, uh, he could get you 30 just as likely as he could get you, like, eight points. So, I don't know. That's where I'm coming from with Tannehill. You think I'm, you think I'm nuts, Chris, or, or is, there, is there a case to be made here? I mean, he's hit. 20 points multiple a couple times this year mm-hmm. and he's he's had 15 16 i mean he has bad weeks and that's the reason he's low it's mm-hmm. it's probably that's a the great, reason that's the reason you want him as a gpp play is because 
of the the low floor, the the variability High in variance, scores. Yep. Yes, that's is, that's what you're looking for in a GPP play, and he definitely fits the bill, and he has a good matchup, and that's what you want, and you're getting him at a, a price tag that's definitely reasonable. Yeah, folks that like to tinker around with software when assembling lineups, they uh, a lot of times they find variance measures to determine GPP lineups, and uh, Ryan Tannehill would kind of he would pop up in any kind of formula you use if that's the way you're trying to go about things. So a lot, lot of love here. So just to recap real quick here, cash games, Chris and I are both targeting that Packers Colts game, looking at Aaron Rodgers and Andrew Luck GPP plays. Chris is going to take a shot with Jameis Winston or Callan Kaepernick. Uh, I'm also going down the board for Ryan Tannehill. Before we sign off, we have a special offer for new FanDuel users. Get a free six-month subscription with a $10 deposit on FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash RotoWire. Not only will you get the free subscription, but you'll have that $10 available to play with on FanDuel. That's over $40 in value for just $10. Go to FanDuel.com slash RotoWire. If you're already a FanDuel user and still want to check out the website, be sure to go to RotoWire.com slash pod. That's RotoWire.com slash P-O-D. We'll get you a free 10-day trial no credit card, no strings attached. For Chris Benzine, I'm Jake Letarski. One last time, follow Chris on Twitter, crispy 27002 Follow me on Twitter at jakeski52. Or if you're an NBA guy, follow Nick Whalen on Twitter at WHA1EN. The Rotowire Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast will return Tuesday with myself and John McKechnie and possibly a little bit uh, another NBA special appearance. Thanks for listening, folks. They're going to kill the love of my life if I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13.